They didn't ask for my for my notes, and and so they're going to have to follow uh, with me tonight. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Matthew chapter twenty four. Matthew chapter twenty four, verse three. Matthew 24 and verse 3. And then we're going to read uh, Matthew 24 and verse 12. How many of you love the church? I do. During this discourse, I'm not going to read the whole... I want to give you a little bit of context. During this discourse in Matthew 24, Jesus is... He tells his disciples of all the things that will come in the end, wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and famine. And, but in the beginning, as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us. Everybody say, tell us. The, if, you have, if you have a Bible, the letters should, if you have a red letter edition, the words of Jesus are in red. Tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world. And then we're not going to read the whole chapter, but I want, I want you to go to Matthew 24 and verse 12 because this is what I want to talk to you a little bit about tonight that the Lord's put in my spirit. And because lawlessness will abound and because of this the king james reads and because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold now that's that's a king james word wax but it you can translate it grow because iniquity or lawlessness is a more accurate translation because Lawlessness will abound. The love of many will grow cold. Then say everyone, but it did say the love of many will grow cold. And I want to talk to you for a little while tonight. When love grows cold. When love grows cold cold. Amen. Lord, these are your people tonight. I ask the blessing of the Lord on this service. I pray, God, that you would anoint your word and let me say something tonight under the unction of the Spirit. Let the people that are here grow in you, God. I pray your blessing on them. They have come tonight to your house. They've honored you after a long day, and I ask you to bless them. In Jesus' name. And everybody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and give him a hand praise. Amen. Thank you for standing. And you may, you may be seated. <clears throat> this text has been ringing in my spirit this week. It's been flowing through my mind and I've thought about it again and again and again. And if you want an assignment, I think it's important for you to, if you just need a Bible plan, just 
go to your Bible and just read everything that Jesus said. Go read, they call that reading the words in red. Go and just see what Jesus said. I mean, all of the Bible is inspired and all of the Bible is infallible and all of the Bible is in, inherent, inerrant, I'm sorry, inerrant means it is without error. But just see what Jesus said. And Jesus said that lawlessness will abound. And in tandem, lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. I don't know if any of you have ever been in, been in the ocean and ever swam against a current before or maybe a river or a stream, but on more than one occasion, it's amazing that you'll be out there in the ocean swimming and not really paying attention and where you went in and when you turn around and look back to the place you went in, all of a sudden, that's way, way, way down the beach on the other side. I think, you, I think there's something in the natural or the physical that also applies to the spiritual in that you've got to be aware of yourself in case you begin to drift. And the Bible gives us a text for that found in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1, they give us instruction concerning neglecting our salvation. And the writer said this, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we should let them slip. The ESV version says, drift away from those things. It's amazing. You, don't, you and I don't have anything to do, but there's a natural drift in our society, in our culture, that if you're not aware of it, you can be coming to church on Sunday or Wednesday and just kind of sitting there, going through the motions and not even realize that you're drifting. You're just not as sharp as you used to be. You just don't have the same kind of urgency that you used to feel. You used to have a little bit more spring in your step. A little, you, you were quicker to come up out of those chairs that are so comfortable. And now you just kind of settle into them, especially those up in the balcony that recline three inches more. That's why y'all got to be careful in them balcony seats. They got three inch more recline. Just normal. And you and I must be aware. You must be aware lest you neglect the salvation that we have received. Lest we drift from the thing that we have received. I, I always get on to people that try to calm down new converts, that they're, they're still popping. They don't know how to praise the Lord any other way. They hadn't learned how to praise the Lord, how some of you dignify people. I, I can do that. I'm not going to do it, but I can do it. 
But I always get on to people that get on new converts that tell them to calm down and we don't worship like that and we don't run like, no, you let them worship however they want to worship. You say they're not running in the right direction. Who said you're the running police? But when you're a new convert, every word is a word from God. Every message is a message from God. Every man is a man of God. Every church service is the fire of God. But after you learned a little bit, it takes the edge off of you. And we all, we all, pastor included, I, I've got to be aware of the propensity to drift. And not even realize that where you once were f- focused on where the shoreline was and where the anchor points were and where the land was and where the landscape was at and where the pier that jutted out into that cold Pacific water was just right there. All of a sudden, that pier is nowhere to be seen. You've got to be careful because that happens in our lives It happens in our spiritual life, and it happens because of the lawlessness of our world. Lawlessness is anomia. It is pretty straightforward. It simply means without law, because of ignorance or violation. It means contempt or iniquity. It means wickedness. lawlessness, anomia. It's also translated wicked. Lawlessness, lawlessness will abound. Are y'all still with me tonight? I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get on to you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you understand some print. Lawlessness will abound. It is not going to decrease. Lawlessness And the spirit of lawlessness that is at work in the last days, it is abounding. It's abounding. And I know that doesn't make you, that doesn't make you, I'm not trying to make you shout. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make you depressed either. But I am, I am trying to teach you the correlation between lawlessness that is abound has a direct correlation on the tenderness of your heart. And it said, because that lawlessness, Jesus said, because lawlessness shall abound, the love of many grows cold. Second Thessalonians said it like this, that the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he that is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm not a prophecy preacher. I major in eschatology, which is the study of end times. But I can tell you this, that this climate is the climate that the Antichrist will present himself in. This climate that we're in right now in America and around the war and around the world in Russia and in Ukraine and the unrest this is a kind of climate that the man of lawlessness which is the antichrist will present himself and bring 
peace to the world. He will have the answer. Ladies and gentlemen, this is no time to put our head in the sand. This is no time to sit back and say, oh, that service is not important. There is no time just to throw ourselves in a pew and say, it doesn't matter. I tell you, the day of the Lord is at hand. It's in this climate. In 20... 2023, I heard somebody, somebody told me, I think we had a, we had a wonderful picnic, didn't we? It was the first time at the, at the church picnic. I went down and it was a movie food serving. Y'all, y'all, y'all have to go on a 21-day fast. Much food. But somebody told me at the picnic that in Chicago this week, over 30 homicides over a period of just just a weekend in Chicago. It, 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 somebody told me, is that is that right? I think over the weekend they had they had 30 homicides and just I think it was maybe Brother Matt told me that murdered in Chicago. We have had more mass shootings in America in 2023 than how many days that has been in 2023. We've had over 200 mass shootings in America. There's more and more attacks on traditional families and values of traditional families and traditional marriages. There's more abortions. There's more violence. There's more hate. There's more evil. Evil ever said, well, I, I'm just going to run and I'm just going to go hide in, uh, in, in some, some little old hamlet somewhere. It's everywhere, folks. You, you cannot run away from the sin that is evident in our... And I know I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to respond and I'm not trying to get you to be depressed and I'm not... I'm just telling you what you already know. You already know. You see the news... It's everywhere. You say, well, I, I'm just going to escape and go somewhere. It's not. You can't escape from it. It's everywhere. It's, it's in schools. It's in libraries. It's in department stores. I, I read here recently that in the Super Bowl, they bought an ad promoting the name of Jesus. Now, now, now this is, and it's called He Gets Us. So I don't know a whole lot about the organization. All I know is they spent millions and millions and millions of dollars for a 15-second ad to mention the name of Jesus on the Super Bowl. And the world was in uproar. The world was in uproar that they would mention the name of Jesus at the Super Bowl. And yet, four weeks later, grow cold. I built a case for you that lawlessness, uh, we've got several police officers here in this church. I'm grateful for them. I appreciate their service. I appreciate their protection. I thank God for the men and women that serve. But at the same time, I pray over them. This is not the day that I'd want to be a police officer. And we need to continue to pray over them in this church. We need to plead the blood over them. We need to pray protection around them and their family. And that's why, because lawlessness is abounding. 
And the Lord put this in my, my spirit to help you. Because some of you that are here tonight and are going to be here Sunday, you let your heart get cold. I've watched you the last four weeks. I've watched your response to the altar calls. I've watched your response to preaching. I've watched your response or lack of response to praise. Now, some of you are here tonight, and some of them are going to be here Sunday, and I've watched. And you know what I said to myself? Their heart, the temperature of their heart is getting cold. I watched in the Jesus tour that some of you needed to be here and you were not here. And I watched as young people from, that flew from El Paso, you say, well, it was $30 a ticket. You spend $30 going to McDonald's, so don't give me that. And $30 going to In-N-Out and $30 here and there. So don't, don't come up and say, oh, it's $30 a ticket. I watched young people fly from El Paso and San, uh, Santa Barbara come down here, and they stood. Some of you were here. They stood for two hours and 45 minutes in this altar and danced and glorified and gave honor to God. And I looked around, and I asked myself, where's my church at? Where's the church where, where's, where's some of the people that could have been here that just said, oh, that's not for me. Oh, I don't need to listen to pastor. You know what that says to me? Your heart's getting cold. You need to check your heart. And it's not because you're bad or you're evil. It's because you're living in lawless days. And because you're living in lawless days, the fervency and the intensity of your heart over the last little while. I've watched it as your pastor and shepherd. I've watched people that I know used to have a red hot desire, a burning desire for God. I've watched your heart go cold. And it, and it concerns me that you would allow that to happen to you. It's important that you understand that your soul is at stake. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord with all the Lord your God, with all your heart. This is the Shema. It is the capstone, the corner piece of Jewish and Judaism. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command to you this day, you put them in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you go by the way, and when you lie down. And when you raise up, you shall bind them <clears throat> as a sign on your hand. That's why Orthodox Jew have that wrapped around their hand. That's why they also have, have the, the head dressing that comes down. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them 
on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And if you go to Israel, there's a little, there's a little piece, different materials, but it's called a, miz, a mizutza. And every day as the Jews come and go, they touch that and they, they recite the Shema. And on the outside of it in Hebrew, it says guardian of the door of Israel. And then inside of that is what I just, the Shema. It's written by an original Hebrew. Why? Because they are in covenant love with God. And it's important. It's very important that they remember, everybody say remember. They remember their first love. And they remember their covenant agreement to God. Now listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. 1 Corinthians tells us part of the remedy to make sure we keep our hearts red hot. 1 Corinthians 15 and 31 says this, I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord, I die every day. What does that mean? It means my will, my ambition, my sin, my agenda, my lust, my pride, my ego, my strife, my bitterness. Paul is saying, I must submit myself and die. I must crucify my mortal members every single day. Ladies and gentlemen, there are some things that we need to put to death in our life so that we can have the relationship with God that God has designed us to have. <clears throat> I'm gonna, I want to just, I want to tell you a couple of things to adjust when your love grows cold. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 4 and 3, for the time will come that they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap to themselves teachers. Everybody say time. If you want to keep your heart on fire for God, then you must spend time with God. Time will help you establish a healthy relationship with God. And on the same hand, if you go and don't spend time with God, it'll destroy the relationship that you do have with God. We must spend time with God. Not just on Wednesday night, not just on Sunday morning for 90 minutes. Brothers and sisters, we need a daily relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you love God, you must spend time with him. Not time on social media, not time with the news, not time with just sports, not time with just politics. Time with God. It said the time will come that they will not endure sound doctrine. If you love God, you must spend time with him.
You must walk and talk and invest in a relationship with him. Everybody say quality time with the Lord. You don't just, well, you know, go, you know, just pray over your food and that's just it. God is good. God is great. How even that little prayer goes? How does it even go? Let him thank, yeah, let us thank him for this plate. If you're going to grow, listen, I want you to hear my heart. If you're going to grow and be successful in God, you must be intentional about your time with the Lord. You can't, you can't be flippant about it. You can't be casual. You can't just say, well, you know, that I'll pray when I get to church or I'll, I'll talk to the Lord in the altar call or I'll, I'll do that at missions conference. You're not, you're not spending time with the Lord. And when you, you and I don't spend time with the Lord, our heart's going to grow cold. And just like some of you that are in here right now, your heart is cold. I've watched you. I know what I'm talking about. I've watched you. I've watched your heart grow cold. And if you continue on the same trajectory as your own, you won't be here next year. You won't survive living in a lawless culture and society if you don't have a heart that's on fire for God. You got to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your might, with all your strength. If you love somebody... If you love your spouse, if you love your family, you spend time with them. If you love the Lord, then you spend time with him. Spend time with him. The second thing you do, if you, if you don't wanna have a cold heart, is you wanna give the Lord your attention. Now, all you can ever, I can be judged on social media for this, but I'm going to tell you, we live in a, a culture that doesn't have an attention span. I can prove it to you. It started with Facebook, then it came to Instagram, then it went to, you know, you know, then it went to Snapchat, then it went to TikTok. You know why? You know why they kept shortening the, the content more and more and more and more and more? Because people don't have the attention span. Well, bless God, I'm going to preach an hour and a half. Well, go ahead. They're not going to be with you for an hour and a half. They're not going to listen for an hour and a half. The devil, and I, and I don't agree with that. Let me, let me, let me qualify that. Because I think the problem I have with that is people can sit two hours through a movie or they can sit three hours at a ball game, but if the preacher goes more than 45 minutes, they start checking their Facebook status. I think that's sin. I think that's sin. But the bigger idea is that the world, the devil, our flesh, is after one thing, it's attention. If I can steal 
your attention. If I can take your attention away from church and God and relationship and I can pull it over here, then I can starve the life out of your heart. I can kill you that way and cause your heart and my heart to get cold. So what's the answer, Brother Matt? I'm gonna tell you. The answer is to be in the presence of the Lord. I can't get over how many people, how much church people miss these days. They come one out of, take a whole month of Sundays and they come one Sunday out of a, a whole month and they consider themselves to be church members. You might, you might be on the roll, but you're not in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're not in the Lamb's Book of Life. You say, that's, that's strong. That's exactly how I feel. The answer, ladies and gentlemen, to a cold heart is the presence of God. If you can get into the presence of God, a heart that is cold and dying and stagnant and lifeless, just one moment in the presence of Jehovah, in the presence of Almighty God, in the presence of the glory of the Lord, in His presence there is fullness of joy and peace forevermore. The answer to a cold heart is the presence of the Lord. Raise your hands right now all over this building. Somebody say amen. Tu presencia es el cielo para mí. Your presence is heaven to me. Exodus 33 said this, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. If God's presence is not with us, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want to go anywhere. I wouldn't move to another state. I wouldn't take another job. I wouldn't think about it. Let me tell you something. If we don't have the presence of God in our lives, in our churches, in our families, I don't want to go. I don't want to see it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to partake of it. I don't want anything to do with it. If your presence is not with me, I don't want to go. And I thank God 99.9% of the time the presence of the Lord is heavy in this place. Heavy in this place. But I'm also going to warn you some of you are taking that for granted. 
Some of us are going through the motions and our heart is dying within us. And I'm trying by the help of the Lord, I'm trying by the help of the Lord to resuscitate some of you. I'm going to tell you, I, I'm just, I, now I, don't, I may not be moving refrigerators around or I'm framing all day, but I'm going to tell you, there's a whole, whole, whole lot of services that my feet hurt and my back hurts and I'm aching in my body and I'm sitting right here. But I'm gonna tell you what I'm doing. I'm jumping up when I don't feel like jumping up. I'm clapping when I, and I'm not, I'm not boasting. I, but you know what I'm trying to show you? I'm trying to set an example. But some of you ain't jumping up for nothing. Some of you ain't clapping. You ain't praising. You're just sitting around. I'm gonna tell you, get your heart on fire again. Stir up your heart one more time. One more time. Don't let your heart get cold now. That's all I'm saying. I know some of us can't run like we used to run. I know some of us can't do what we used to do. But I'm concerned there's some of us that can be doing and we're not. And there's a reason I sit right here. Because if I had to look at some of you, if I had to look at you, I'm afraid I would embarrass you. I'm saying this with a pastor's heart tonight. That because the world is so wicked and evil and terrible, and full of idolatry and iniquity and evil, Jesus said, because lawlessness shall abound, the love of many will grow cold. I'm asking you tonight, you need to check your heart. You need to check your heart. I see these people get up and sing. I see them sing and worship and dance and some of us don't move one inch at all. Don't lift a finger, don't lift a toe to praise the Lord. We don't, we don't do nothing at all. And you know what it tells me? You got heart problems. And I'm here by the help of the Lord to challenge you, to admonish you, to encourage you. You need to check your own heart. You know if you're on fire. You know when's the last time you prayed in the spirit. You know when's the last time you fasted for three days without anybody telling you. You know when the last time it was that salty tears ran down your face. You know, you know, you, you know better if your heart is alive or your heart is dead. And I pray by the help of the Holy Ghost that your heart will live again. I should not have to beg, and you good folks are here tonight, and I appreciate it. I should not have to fly people from around the world that preach at the biggest conferences in the world to right here and then beg you to come. 
beg, plead, have women in the church, call everybody. Pastor is asking everybody to come and you go to soccer practice or to the movies or to wherever. I'm gonna tell you, that's not a me problem, that's a you problem. And that's a heart problem. And you better get it figured out because I'm gonna go to bed and sleep just fine because I have released it to the Lord of begging people to live for God in this church. I'm not begging you no more. I'm not pleading with you. I'm not gonna just beg you and coddle you. Please come, please come. I'm not talking about new people. I'm talking about people that live for God for 10 years and 20 years and 30 years. And because of the lawlessness in this world, their heart is cold. And I'm saying, God, don't let me get a cold heart to you and to my brothers and to my sisters. I want you to raise your hands right now all over this building. Don't let me get a cold heart. Don't let my heart be cold and dead and lifeless. Help me to have a good heart. Help me to have a clean heart. Don't let all the shooting and the evil, don't let it creep in and, and, and steal and kill my heart for you and my heart for other people and my heart for the work of God. Don't let my heart wax cold in the last days. I want to be saved. I'm trying to be saved. <clears throat> I want us to stand and raise our hands. We're not going to have any music. I want you to come around this altar. I came with good news. And the good news is this, that if you've abandoned your first love, you can go back to where you lost it. You can repent and do the works that you did at the first time. I don't know if you've been in the church 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, but tonight you need to check your heart, brothers and sisters, as I'm checking mine. I, won't, I don't want my heart to die. I don't want my heart for God and the church to die. I don't want my heart for lost people to die. I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't want that. I'm, I'm praying against that. I'm praying. I'm praying for my own soul. I'm praying that my own heart wouldn't get cold because of what's going on in this messed up world we live in. I think you should check your heart. I think we should all evaluate our own heart.
Create in us a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. Take out the heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. Don't let my love grow cold. Don't let my love grow cold. Don't let my love for you grow cold. Don't let my love grow cold. Stir me up. Wake me up. Put a fire in my soul. Purge out carnality and worldliness. Purify me from every desire of lust and ego and anger. Purge it out of me. Cleanse it out of me. Don't let my heart die in my chest. We need young people that have a heart. We need elders that's got a heart. We need young marrieds that have a heart for God. We need preachers that have a heart for God. We need ushers and greeters and soul winners and hyphens that have a heart for God.